Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, October 17th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, where things stand as Jim Jordan looks to go to the floor for a speaker's vote. Number two, what Hakeem Jeffries is saying. And number three, what to watch in the Senate. All right, let's get to it. The top story that everybody is focused on is who is going to be the next speaker of the House. Jim Jordan making a big push here uh, ahead of the Tuesday floor vote for a, a speaker election. Making a big push, turning a lot of folks yesterday, uh, but still there's more than a dozen GOP lawmakers, Jake, saying they'll vote against him or they are undecided about his candidacy. Yeah, this is a very um, fluid situation, Anna, and a lot has happened since yesterday morning uh, in every direction. Reasons for you to be bearish, reasons for you to be bullish, reasons for you to have no idea what's going on. Um, the um, uh, Jordan is going to the floor today for his vote. Now, yesterday morning, a bunch of things happened that were good for Jim Jordan. He got the support of Mike Rogers, a big holdout who was actually leading a coalition to an extent um, uh, to oppose Jordan's candidacy. And then quickly, the dominoes started falling for Jordan. He got the support of Ann Wagner, a big Scalise um, uh, supporter. Uh, he got the support of, of um, Ken Calvert, who is another uh, defense hawk appropriator, head of the Defense Appropriations Subcommittee. Um, who fell in line for him. Vern Buchanan, a Scalise ally, fell in line for him. Things were going his way. Um, there is internal at Punchbowl News, internal dissent, Anna, as you will not be surprised, about uh, about who is where and where is Jordan and his prospects. Um, now, I'm not going to tell you who is where, Anna, among the people that work under you as the chief executive officer of Punchbowl News. <laughs> and of AJ Press LLC, our parent company. But um, I will tell you that this is a, there is internal dissent. So Jordan has um, a dozen, I mean, some people say it's as many as 20 possible no's. Um, 21 possible no's is a number we've heard from people tracking this downtown and in the Capitol. And there are people, Anna, I will tell you, who are Jim Jordan supporters. I almost said Steve Scalise because he was the speaker candidate last week. Jim Jordan supporters who say he will not make it. Um, so there are a lot of people who have just said their no. Uh, there are a lot of people who are, are undecided, a huge chunk who are undecided. And the scary thing for Scalise, for goodness gracious, the scary thing for Jim Jordan is that he... Um, is that he, you know, this is alphabetical, right? He has Don Bacon, who's a no. B-A, that comes early in the alphabet. Ken Buck is a no. B-U, that comes early in the alphabet. Mario Diaz-Balart, that comes early in the alphabet. They are all no. That's three no's early. Carlos Jimenez, G, also an early alphabet letter. Um, we're really, we're really going. I feel like we're getting back into to the, we're in kindergarten. We're in Sesame Street of it all here. Jake. We're in kindergarten right now, um, uh, or even preschool. Um, so these are all. Uh, the question is, if he loses this, if he has four nos by the B's, C's, D's, G's, whatever, uh, 
Elzy, Jake Elzy, another early one. Um, if he loses this by the early letters, is he screwed? It does. Do people start fleeing, fleeing from him? So, Anna, now that I've said that, what what say you? I don't know if I'm as, as articulate you a point as it comes to. I don't know if I was articulate of a point as it comes to the uh, spelling uh, game we just played. But I do think, to your point, I, I, I've said this so many times. I mean, the momentum here is really important. We've seen it. The pendulum swing many different ways uh, the past 24 hours when it comes to Jim Jordan. He has, I think, I think pretty impressively. I will say this: worked the the conference here in a way that maybe some folks might have discounted you know and the ability of him he's never been in leadership in this sense of having to turn votes so he's new at this but has certainly done one-on-one meetings uh has has started to sound a lot more like kevin mccarthy when it comes to the fact that they you know telling people that he needs a, a government funding bill that we need to be uh we need to get to leading the the conference and getting to do the the business of the people right like these are kind of things that aren't hard line slash and burn tactics that he's really known for. Um, and, and so I think that's an interesting point to make. I think the other thing to just kind of underscore what you said, right, which is the concept of there's so he has such little room for error as much as he has churned some of these very big names who are against him to now be supportive of him. He has five votes. Right. I mean, McCarthy got 201 votes on his first of 15 tries to win that speakership in January. McCarthy never dropped below below 200. So if Jordan doesn't come out strong, if he comes out with less than 200 and certainly if he comes about, you know, out with less but than 200 by quite a few, that's going to be pretty tough for him to try to turn it around. I don't care how many ballots he's willing to go to. Agreed. A thousand percent. Um, the. Uh I agree with that. I'm trying to k- gather my thoughts here. This was so eloquent. I understand. If you might need to just take a second, really, really soak it in. The um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The um, the thing to note is something that has come up in our reporting time and time again. Um, is that a lot of, from what we understand, a lot of these lawmakers have said they'll only vote for Jordan on the first ballot. Now, let's talk about the politics of that. The politics of that is then you could say, well, I voted for Jim Jordan, but he couldn't get there, so we had to move on. That is, a, if I were Jim Jordan's team, and I'm not, Jim, I will agree with you, Anna. They have done a very good job here. Um, they've turned a lot of votes. They are running, I mean, for an operation that's never run a leadership race, they're doing a good job. I don't want to. I don't want to dump on them here, but um, if you're only with him on the first ballot, that's bad. Now let's say this though. Well, the one interesting thing that I I want to, and then we should move on because we've been blabbering about this for a while. Although we could do an entire podcast on this, um, <laughs> is that McCarthy when he ran in January. Uh, a race that was just beyond belief in many respects, <laughs> 15 rounds, like insanity, whatever. Um, he had a lot of, he implored his no votes to go early, meaning get on the board as a no. Let me start out with my rock bottom. 
So he started out in that in that two hundred one rate. He started out at two hundred one, and um, that is a and so he could only build back from there. So anyway, we'll see how it rolls. And a noon today, we'll be there, um, and uh, uh, we'll see how it all shakes out, as they say. All right, let's go to the number two story of the morning. Really interesting look at House Democrats uh, and how they are feeling. Uh, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries saying he has no regrets about Democrats voting to oust Kevin McCarthy from the speakership, even if Jim Jordan wins the gavel. Of course, interesting uh, and kind of the position Jeffries probably has to take, frankly. I mean, as much as he and McCarthy worked well together, uh, I, I don't think... Democrats were ever going to really save McCarthy uh, when it comes to the speakership, particularly after uh, after he had opened a formal uh, you know impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Uh, but Democrats, you know, kind of having a little bit of an existential moment, trying to kind of consider what what their role is in all of this. You know, I've tell I can tell you this: whether they'll say it on the record or not, a lot of Democrats have said to me. Um, uh, and that they they've been like, well, Jim Jordan's now the speaker, so we made this decision to oust McCarthy, but now he's the speaker. Um, everybody, let me say this for the people in Jeffrey's office that are listening, um, and who will undoubtedly text me this morning on this issue. Um, I'm not saying that anyone regrets their vote, but. The reality of a Jim Jordan speakership is uh, is not great for House Democrats. It's going to be there's going to be a lot of pressure to exact revenge and to be jerks to them. So let's just see uh, how this all works out for House Democrats. I mean, Jordan's going to be a uh, a um, Jordan's going to be messy for House Democrats, and uh, he's and I can tell you that I I, I spoke to some people close to uh, Hakeem Jeffries last night, late last night, who said. We are not gonna. We think Jordan. We think Jordan is an existential threat, and we think he's dangerous for the country. And we're not gonna be buddy buddy with him like we were with Kevin McCarthy. There we go. Well, we have to see first if uh, <laughs> Jim Jordan can get the gavel. Let's move on to the number three story of the mo- of the morning. What to watch in the Senate? Uh, there's a lot that the Senate is going to be grappling with, uh, including uh, Jack Lube. Joe Biden's nominee to serve as U.S. ambassador to Israel, uh, not going to get any kind of speedy confirmation. Uh, there's supplemental funding that, that that that's on their agenda, as well as potentially trying to figure out what to deal with the new speaker. Um, they're, they're just Senate comes back to a, a busy plate. That's right. I mean, so they have a new reality. They're going to have a Jim Jordan speakership. Potentially, they might not have a Jim Jordan speakership. They have supplemental funding for Israel. They got to figure out how to do that with Ukraine. There is a um, uh, we there is a um, uh, nomination Jack Lou, which is going to be tricky. They have to figure out uh, how to how to work with Jordan if he's elected. And um, the Senate right now is just a a big heap of not confusion, but just of uncertainty because. Lou won't get confirmed till the end of the month. There's going to be intense pressure on the Israel front, but is but that that legislation is not going to go anywhere. 
um, uh, until there's a House Speaker. And even if there's a House Speaker, it might not go anywhere for a little bit. So uh, Andrew and um, Brendan Peterson did a great item on this this morning. So let us um, please read that and we'll wrap it up with there, Anna. All right. One other quick thing I want to note for everybody. We have our third installment of the series, The Future of Cybersecurity, where we are highlighting uh, this week the key players driving cybersecurity policy in Washington and beyond. That includes members of Congress, government officials, tech leaders, and more. A really interesting look by Andrew Desiderio kind of about the personalities leading these major drivers uh, of AI legislation on more uh, things, including cybersecurity. Uh, really worth a look there. You can check that out at punchbowl.news. We are also going to be doing an interview, uh, an event uh, this Thursday with Representative Andrew Garbarino, the Republican from New York, uh, where Andrew and I are going to be talking to him about cybersecurity as part of this uh, whole effort we're doing around Cybersecurity Month. Encourage you to sign up. There's a few spots in person uh, left. Uh, you can sign up for that at our events hub. We also, for those of you listening, in Arkansas, big base of uh, Punchbowl News Support, Jake, as I'm sure you well know. You and I are going to be out uh, on next Friday, October 27th, in Arkansas, interviewing Republican Senators John Bozeman and Tom Cotton uh, about small business, the issues affecting rural America, and you can sign up for that as well. With that, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. Have a great day and stay safe. <laughs>